Welcome to this episode of Ready, Set, Grit, Your Life on Purpose with Ellen Barton, where you'll hear thought-provoking discussion, inspirational stories, and get action tips for creating the life of your dreams. Hello and welcome to Ready, Set, Grit, Your Life on Purpose, a weekly podcast in which we talk about the secrets behind living the life you've always dreamed of. I'm Ellen Barton, and today my guest is Linda Rawson. Linda is the president of Dinah Grace Enterprises, a company that provides technical writing and information technology services to government organizations. Linda has also written a book. She's invented a board game, an interactive weather station. She's a big supporter and proponent of female entrepreneurs. And I'm very thrilled to have her on the show today. Linda, welcome. Thank you very much. I'm very happy to be here. Yeah, yeah, me too. I'm glad that we finally connected. And um, your accomplishments are really impressive. But I do want to start out just asking you a little bit about your personal story. You told me a little bit about it. And it's interesting. You didn't come, you know, from a place of privilege when you did what you did and started your business and became so successful. You came from um, maybe what some people would call challenging circumstances. Yes, I did. I I, uh, was raised in Utah in a small Mormon community. It was not always thought of as women being in technology or even doing well in math and science. In fact, I, I kind of joke sometimes because I feel like our math teacher would leave the room so that we could help the football team pass math so that they could play. Seriously? Yeah, it was kind of interesting upbringing. And I also came from a broken home. Uh, My mom was married several times, and her and my dad divorced when I was probably a year and a half years old. And she uh, worked at a local Air Force base, And in the time where a lot of women gained promotions or advancement in their career by maybe doing, you know, things that weren't appropriate. So I always admired my mother for never going to that, you know, space to get promoted. And she um, raised several um, litters of kids. She uh, raised myself and my half-brothers are... 15 years older, and then she raised grandchildren, which are 10 years younger. So amazing, amazing woman and very much into STEM. She uh, was into entomology. So, you know, we always caught bugs and classified them into their classes and and raised farm animals. And so, I mean, I had a a very, um, you know, background that could have, you know, prevented me from being successful. I also, uh, you know, did the Mormon thing and got married at age 18 and had children and, and never even imagined being an entrepreneur. And um, about 11 years ago, I uh, was a software developer sitting at Hill Air Force Base writing radar software. And a uh, blast from my past came and said, Linda, we would love for you to come and be a sub to this contractor, but you're going to have to quit your W-2 job and go independent. And I was divorced at the time, and I had three kids in high school, and 
I took the weekend and thought about it and made the jump and just decided that what was the worst thing that could happen is, you know, we might have to sleep on a friend of mine's couch or something like that. I had skills, so I would recover quickly financially. And that's how uh, my business got born. Wow, that's a brave thing to do, especially when you've got kids to take care of. Um, transitioning from that W-2, that steady paycheck where you're just putting in hours for somebody else, being your own boss is a whole nother animal because it's very hard to leave work at the end of the day sometimes. Um, speaking as an entrepreneur that's experienced that, and I'm sure you have too. Um, but before we go on with your story, I, you, you said um, STEM, and I don't know if everybody knows what that is. It's a term that is used a lot these days, but um, can you just enlighten us? Absolutely. It stands for Science, Technology, Engineering, and Mathematics. And it is a drive in state and nationwide activities to push kids, especially uh, girls, into more, um, you know, typically scientific arenas, because that is becoming a uh, lost you know, education effort. And it's still surprising to me when you mention STEM, how many people are like, well, what is that? You know, Mm -hmm. because there's been lots of toys and video games and lots of effort to encourage those type of uh, activities so that we don't lose that in our future. Yeah. And a lot of your work, I guess, supports that whole initiative. But how did you... So when you got into that field, it was um, probably less popular for girls, I'm guessing. Like, what was it that drew you? Was it was it just your mom's influence, or what was it that drew you in that direction? Well, it was kind of an interesting case, but I um, started to work at Hill Air Force Base at age 18, and I was doing data entry. I mean, my first job was sorting those 80-card column cards for computer programs. And they had a small multi-user system. And my boss said to me, Linda, if you get all of your work done, then I will let you program this computer. And so I would be like, you know, data entry queen and get all of that done just so that I could self-teach myself how to make this computer program better and easier for me to use. And, and so it's, it was kind of um, fell into my lap, which a lot of things in my life have. But and and as I look back on my life, that's what I see. Yeah, you know, there's a life philosophy that says it's everything is always working out in your favor, in your benefit. You know, even if you even the bad stuff, like you can't always see it at the time. But um, you know, it it seems like your path has been unfolding very clearly sometimes. Yes, but I I also feel like if I hadn't have jumped on that opportunity and just without fear, that I wouldn't have been able to grasp it and take advantage of it either. Yeah, let's talk about that because fear is something that so many people get hung up on and yet it sounds like you've got a pretty good handle on it. Um, Have you always been like that or was there something that happened that helped you to um, 
you know, like overcome your fear or get a hand, get, get, get it under control? Um, I would say that I am afraid and I do feel fear and I push through it. Like it's not an easy thing to do, but I find I'm afraid of heights and I've actually jumped out of planes. I've actually, you know, hiked to the top of Machu Picchu. I mean, it, it's, there's been many times where that fear should have held me back. And I think it's the point beyond fear where you're the most successful. If you can just make that one final push past your fear is where you'll find the greatest success. Yeah, but what is it? I was just talking to someone who is a plane crash survivor, and she's um, especially since that happened, she's overcome a lot of fear in her own life and um, doesn't let much stand in her way. But what is that X factor, you know, that really gets people through to that resilience or that grit or that... um, you know, are you able to identify what that is? I'm always so curious about that. I I think it's um, more it, it's more gut than intelligence or something, right? I think <laughs> so. Like yeah. Have, you know, you don't put as much weight on the ramifications as you do on the end goal. Right. So you don't. You kind of you see that end and you're going to get there and yeah, there's little bumps in the road and there's little problems and there's things that could really, you know, wipe you out or whatever, but you just can't, you've got that drive and determination for that end goal and nothing's going to stop you. And I think that is, you know, the difference. And uh, it's just that, that ability to focus in and say, okay, this is, all these other things are trivial. I want that end goal. I think you're right about that. It's, it is like where you decide to put your focus. And if you focus on all the obstacles, that's what's going to show up for you is what I think. If you're focused on the goal, the obstacles may show up, but they become inconsequential almost because you just keep going. Yes, I agree. Yeah, I agree. It's all about mindset. Yeah. And you know what I have uh, observed is that a lot of times it's even people that, you know, really care for us, like our parents or our friends, you know, who don't want us to fail and get and get more into that fearful um, place where they're like, oh, but have you thought about, you know, that could happen and that could happen. And and to me, part of the path to success is like protecting your your mind you know protecting your space so that other people even well-meaning people you know can't get in there and you can stay focused on your goal yeah I agree yeah I agree I think a lot of it is too a lot of people would classify me as a huge extrovert I get out I network all the time I have you know thousands of friends on Facebook and LinkedIn but uh, the reality is there occasionally I need that reset time where I just fold it back in and I do the mindset practices and really visualize what I want. And, and, you know, maybe that it, it's all about focus and mindset. It really is. Yeah, it really is. And, and knowing that the answers are within because they, they're always there someplace. 
Um, one of the things that you had told me is when you were, you know, building up your business, it was, it was successful already by, you know, anybody's standards, but sometimes you would get in your own way by looking at, you know, much bigger businesses or seemingly better businesses and comparing yourself and feeling kind of bad about, well, you're not quite there yet or whatever. Like, you want to talk a little bit about that and how, how does one overcome that kind of thinking? Well, at the time I had about 10 or 11 employees. I looked at a, um, another woman in my area that had, you know, started maybe two years before me and she had 150 employees. So I felt like because she had done so much in those two years that I was a failure. And I knew that it was, you know, part of you, you're driven, you uh, automatically compare yourself to other people, entrepreneurs, you know, the hidden thing that they never talk about, some depression or whatever. But I felt like that because of that, I should maybe get some help. And so I sought out a business coach and, you know, I couldn't afford the best business coach, but he, for me, was the best. And he told me one thing that really sticks in my mind. And, uh, you know, you and I have both gone through the Goldman Sachs program. It's one thing that they stick in our mind is that entrepreneurs are in the top 1% of the population. There's only 1% of people that have even gone that far. I mean, I had 10 employees. I was in business for four or five years. I mean, he was like, are you kidding me? Do you know how many people have been in that, you know, arena? He goes, not many. He goes, so you need to stop it and just focus on you and what you've accomplished and stop looking at everyone else. And you've got to make that switch or you're going to take your company down. So Mm -hmm. that's, you know, it was, it was really truly a gift from him to make me look at myself in a different way. Yeah, that's very true. And again, it comes back to mindset, which is, you know, so interesting and a hundred percent within our control is, you know, what we decide to focus on, what we decide to think that fascinates me because we do have the power to um, create our reality or to, you know, shift that, which is, it's just really interesting. And, um, you know, I've heard it said too, you know, so often we think we we are going to hit a certain goal, like a, a common, you know, thing is like, oh, when I have a million dollars of revenue or when I have $10 million of revenue or whatever, whatever your number is, like there's this tendency to think that it's everything will be okay when I have X amount of dollars or whatever, but it's all relative. And I don't believe that, you know, like I I don't believe that all your problems are going to disappear when you hit a certain number or that even that that woman that had 150 employees had a more peaceful or happy life than you, you know, (laughs) like she might have a whole lot of stress. (laughs) So yeah, you, you never know what other people are living That's for sure. Yeah, no, it's very true. And it just, it really depends how you look at success and what you want to get out of your business and, and life in general too. I think, 
you know, there's lots of ways to measure um, success, really. So I think your business is pretty awesome myself. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And um, so like you and I and um, every entrepreneur at some point has to deal with money. So I want to talk about that a little bit. And like anything, money is energy is what it comes down to. And sometimes like I've certainly felt in my business, I've said it out loud, like, oh my goodness, money is just blocked from coming in here. There's like all these weird circumstances that are happening and it's just not flowing. And have you like experienced money as energy or money blocks or money mindset shifts you've had to make in yourself or with your business? Well, it's interesting that you say that because I recently read You Are a Badass at Making Money by Jen Sincero. And she is it's such a good read. I read on Audible and, or I listen to, on Audible. She describes how you need to surround yourself with money and the thought that overcoming the challenge that to believe and act like the money is already there. Like pretend it's already there, visualize it already there. And so I have put dollar bills and post-it notes everywhere. They're in my car, they're in my visor, they're in my console because I want to attract more contracts and I want to attract more abundance. And, and you know, abundance to me is having enough money to provide for myself and my family and also to give people jobs. So that's what my post-it notes say. They say um, the money is there. You just need to reach out and get it. Or you are, you know, you will attract great employees. Or the deal is on its way. You know, all those kind of affirmations so that I believe that every single day that it will just show up. And is that making a difference? It is making a difference. I I did receive another contract. I have another one being renewed. I um, I am helping uh, numerous people write their books. So yeah, it definitely is on its way. Yeah, I think that's very true. And I know that I've experienced both sides of it. You know, both where I've had a lot of money, where I've had not enough money at that particular time. And again, it's, it's focus. And I know from experience having been under a lot of stress because I did have employees and I did have to pay payroll and things like that. And getting in that lack mindset, getting in that, um, you know, Oh, there's not enough. There's, I need more money. It's, it's, um, you know, like that, that um, endless cycle of, a drum beating that goes on in your head, um, that, that mantra, that negative mantra, not helpful. And I'll tell you that going in to try to get contracts with that running through the background of your mind is uh, not the way to go <laughs> because people can sense that. And when you're going in, like you said, with a, the confident and abundant mindset, it's a very different vibe. Yeah, for sure. They totally can pick that up. And your the response that you get the you know signed contracts renewed contracts is um, much more likely when you're feeling when you're feeling good. Oh yeah, for sure, absolutely. 
Yeah, no, that's that's very interesting. So, um, Linda, you mentioned STEM, and you're working in this field of science and technology. And also, you mentioned that you've um, you're helping people write their books. You help support women who have businesses or are writing a book or you know doing something that's um, you know perhaps something they dreamed of doing for a long time. So let's talk a little bit about that. Why are you so committed to this type of work? Um, I had to battle my way. I mean, I'm a software engineer, so I got my 8A status, which is a minority status with the government based on gender discrimination. And I think a lot of times women are told that they can't they can't start a business, they can't, um, you know, succeed. And I think they need more positive role models. And even in our state, even with the STEM programs that we have here, there's just a low percentage of girls going into IT work. And it seems flabbergasting to me, you know, it's, it's obviously something they could do at home. And, and so I want to see more women do more than just network marketing, but actually be true entrepreneurs. And I'm, you know, I'm all for it. And one of the ways is government contracting. They can get a good start with that. Uh, I, I don't, I don't know about you, but this past week with that pound me too campaign, social media yeah. campaign, that was uh, just an eye opener. So many women have been harassed and you know, it's even commonplace in business. And so it's pretty amazing to me, the women that do succeed and they, you know, need to help the other ones as well. Yeah, that's, that's absolutely true. And it, it was that, um, that hashtag campaign that, that just went out, that just went around with, um, everybody, you know, saying me too, and, and, and acknowledging that they've been harassed or, abused or you know something it was like pretty much everybody on my social media feeds and you're right very eye-opening because sometimes um we we feel like we're in these things alone but you're right we're in it together absolutely interconnected and do you have a an obligation i think to help those coming up the ranks so kudos to you for doing that Oh, thank you. Let's um, talk a little bit. So I'm intrigued by your board game and your weather station. Can you talk a little bit about those projects? So I uh, always thought there should be a weather station hanging off my phone. Now, you know, a lot of people that don't understand weather, they want to get into their weather app, and that's great. But what if I'm remote or what if I'm, you know, hiking or, or I want to just see the wind. I want to see the wind vane moving and see what direction it's in. And so it's called the weather egg and it's a little weather station um, about the size of an egg. And I have been uh, self-funding it to get it developed. So one of the ways that I thought it could be help it along would be to maybe do some STEM activities. So I wrote an illustrated coloring book about weather available on Amazon. Um, the board game 
is about ready to come out on a Kickstarter project with no other goal but to gather leads to fund my little weather egg. <laughs> so um, that's uh, all been really fun. I mean, I love weather. I'm sure everyone does. And, you know, and maybe they don't, but I love it. And, <laughs> and uh, so I think if you're going to take the S out of STEM, science, why not weather science? And, you know, get kids interested in science. And that's what, you know, the whole project is about. Yeah, you know, well, you know, it's timely, too, because these days with the extreme weather we've been having, everyone's talking about it. And it's super relevant, obviously, you know, on so many levels. So I, I bet you that more kids are interested in learning about weather and what causes the different phenomenon that we you know, get to experience. Right, for sure. So your little weather egg, like, plugs into your phone? Is that how it works? It's Bluetooth. Oh, okay. So it just needs to be close to your phone. Yeah, it's uh, 50 feet, I think. And, well, I mean, it operates standalone. So it operates standalone, gathering the data, or if you want to um, actually see it, you know, on your phone, you can. You can Bluetooth into it works both ways oh that's very I, cool it was kind of weird i like insisted that it worked standalone uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> that's great because i was working with a young young group of product development engineers and and you know they they always have a phone they can't even imagine not having a phone so i said you know what i may not have one up in like timbuktu you know right forest so I wanted it to stand alone. Right. No, that's great. So is the so you have prototypes of the product now? Yeah, I do. Yes, but I do. it's not. Is it in development or is it just prototype still? Um, it's still prototype stage. Well, it'll be fun to follow that as it develops, and of course, yeah, we'll people put... are really people are really interested in the story. They, uh, you know, I, I'll explain to people and they'll be like, I've never met an inventor before. It's kind of cool. Yeah, that's another title you can give yourself. I love that. That's very cool. And um, and then you mentioned, too, this, you work with women, especially women that are writing books and hold them accountable for um, doing what they said they were going to do. So many people say they're writers, but never write anything. So, um, how many women have you worked with or are you working with? I think I'm working with about eight. And, and helping like drive their projects forward? Yes. Uh, a lot of them have amazing stories that involve some famous people or some situations that they had to put themselves in to raise their children. And they're hesitant to write about those stories, which... I think people would be super fascinated with. And, you know, I mean, um, I have a couple of friends that are immigrants and have that whole story from Mexico and working with them and um, others that were flight attendants and, you know, maybe one that was a stripper. And so, Wow. <laughs> so we have some, you know, interesting, you know, trying to get them over that edge where they want to really talk about 
what, you know, what their story is. And then you do have some that are writing fiction. And I tell people because they feel like, oh, I wrote this fictional book and I know it's a bestseller and I'm going to get on the bestseller list, you know. Well, no, it's your first book. Just get it written. Just be able to say that you're an author. And, you know, there's self-publishing is, is, you know, daunting, but it's also easy enough to do. And you have that sense of accomplishment. And then you can, you know, after that point, go and try to get a publisher. A publisher for the New York Times bestseller is probably $100,000 for just an appointment for one of the agents. So it really is, you really have to write an incredible book. So why don't you just get your first one written so that you get that confidence and then try to write that bestseller. Mm-mm, that's great advice. Are, do you work with your authors as a, um, like a formal arrangement? Do you have a group or do you just attract writers and kind of help them out? Um, I, I, I have a group. I have in the past uh, had uh, editors. We've edit. We do cover design. I uh, can help them with their create space um, if they want to get into that kind of arrangement. So um, I don't until I can get them to like start writing. Like if I run into them, I if they ever tell me that they want to write a book, they will forever hear that is the first thing out of my mouth when I see them. <laughs> so well, a lot of people need that. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. That's great. Have have any of the books been published yet that you've helped work on? Yes. I love yes, that you have all sure. these eclectic parts of you, of what you do with your work and your volunteer work and your businesses and and everything. It's really kind of cool, Linda. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah, I would I would think people would describe me as eclectic. That's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, very interesting very interesting do you ever get to a place of overwhelm do you ever get to a place where you just want to like hide out in your closet or something (laughs) just you know or or do you yeah and and I I touched on it earlier with the reset um you know there's there's times when you do want to just close the curtains and lay in bed and and I give myself permission to lay in bed and watch movies all day you know, I mean, if I if I feel that burnout and that overwhelming, it's time to just turn everything off and and just, you know, treat me well and and be kind to myself and and I'll come back 150% after that. But, you mm. know, there is those moments where um nothing seems to have gone right. Uh you've, you know, had some employee issues, family issues, you know, what have you and it just it feels like you're bearing the weight of the entire world. And then that's just an indication that the world, you know, the universe is telling you slow down, mm-hmm. you know, slow down or I'm going to make you slow down. Then it's time to just, you know, reflect and, and treat yourself kind. Yeah. It's wise to listen to that advice too. When you hear the little rumblings of the universe, um, they tend to get louder if you ignore them. So, um, <laughs> Because a lot of times people don't slow down and they end up getting really sick or really injured or something 
if, if you're feeling like you need to slow down, you, typically like it's going to happen one way or another. So you might as well do it voluntarily. <laughs> like you that's say. right. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's right. Or you true. will get sick. You'll get really sick. So. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely have seen that again and again with people and, and myself too. You know, a couple of times I got injured when I was pushing too hard and too too long and not listening and and the universe was like, Yes, you are gonna stay in bed for a month because <laughs> that's what you're gonna do. So sometimes you just have to surrender. Yeah. Linda it it's been really great talking to you. I'm like watching the clock here and, and notice that we are just about out of time, but I'm wondering, I know you have so much to share and, and what else do you want to add or leave us with at the, at the close of this interview that we haven't talked about? I believe that uh, success is a choice and you have an opportunity to get your around your mindset and believe and visualize and imagine and nothing can hold you back at that point. Always remember to help other people along the way because you never know when that person will come back and be your biggest advocate or your biggest propeller forward in your success. And I think um, hard work goes a long way and so does learning, but it's all about figuring out who you are and what you want. What is it that you want or need in life and make sure that you get it. That's great advice. And and I know that those are tough questions for a lot of people, but definitely worth asking. Oh yes. So yeah, for sure. Well, Linda, thank you very much for talking with us and for spending time with us this afternoon. I really appreciate it. Oh, you're welcome. I enjoyed it. It was fun. Yeah, it was. Thank you. And I know I'm inspired to um, try to make my life more eclectic and cool. So, <laughs> <laughs> so thank you for that. Um, thank you all for listening to the show. Um, my guest was author, entrepreneur, and inventor, Linda Rawson. You can find this complete interview and links to Linda's website and social media pages on our website, readysetgrit.com. Thank you again for joining us. And check in again next Friday when we release another episode with tips on turning your daydream into a phenomenal success. Thanks for tuning in to Ready, Set, Grit, your life on purpose with Ellen Barton. Look us up online at readysetgrit.com where you'll find daily inspiration, links to our social media, and where you can access our eBooks and online classes. Ready, Set, Grit, inspired actions, real results.